BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. At Kroger, everyone wins when it comes to saving big. Because when you order online through the Kroger app, you get the same great prices, deals, and rewards on pickup or delivery that you do in-store with no hidden fees or markups. Best of all, you'll know when items in your cart have a coupon, so you never miss a deal. So whether you're a delivery lover, picker-upper, or you shop in-store, no matter how you shop, you'll always save big at Kroger. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Spadrosian throws to Sandberg and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it, throws to first, it's over! 27 years of waiting have come to an end! The Giants have won the pennant! Brad, it is episode 150 of the Thompson to Clark podcast. And in honor of our 150th podcast, we named the cocktail, <laughs> the tequila cocktail. Yes. You've, you've been drinking. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But if you go to our Twitter page at BSPN Media and our Instagram page at BSPN underscore media. Actually, sorry. BSPN Media is one of our Twitter pages. But at Thompson, the number two Clark is our Giants Twitter page. The recipe is up. We, we posted that on our social media channels earlier today. So you can, you can check it out. And, and at, maybe, maybe one day we'll have, a, we'll have a, a drink for everybody on, on this day. The T to C is what we're calling it. So Yes. Um, before we get to that, I guess we have to talk about some of the news. Um, and... We'll save the Mexico City stuff for uh, in a little bit because while it was a, a terrible two-game sort of fake road trip, uh, there was some fun stuff that they did. As you can see, if you're if you're watching on video, you can see the photo of uh, Alyssa Nakin doing a 
sort of high crossbody off of the second rope onto whomever is in whomever the masked luchador is. It's a good thing you know the names of these moves because I just see him <laughs> jumping off of ropes and slamming into each other. I don't know what it's so, called, but I'm so glad the, you do. The funny story about that is. I guess they told the players, they, they made sure the players were aware that they could not do anything physical in the wrestling ring. But Alyssa Nacken is like, that's not in my contract. She's a coach. <laughs> and so she went on to the second rope and did a dive onto the, the masked wrestler in the Giants jersey. And he caught her and then he went <clears throat> down. And uh, she said, I forgot I was reading. Maybe it was Bags's article. She said that she doesn't. She didn't think she got caught very well. And I'm like, this man <laughs> caught you in midair and just <laughs> fell backwards, so it looked like you hit him with something. So, and he's wearing a Giants jersey too. Yeah, <clears throat> you see that? You see the back there, the orange there. Look at those triceps. She's <laughs> yeah, she's pretty. Telling you, man. Jeez, <laughs> she's getting like her, her like her arm is as big as my thigh. I mean, she's hitting fungals all day long. I guess that's right, man. All right, latest news about our team. And as Brad and I are talking, at least the the live version of this video podcast, the Giants are on the television right now. It's uh yeah. The the boss, Ross Stripling, is on the mound. Usually that means fireworks for the other team, but hopefully he keep the ball in the ballpark today. Uh yeah, so I, Giants I, and I Astros are are on, and we'll kind of keep a lookout on the game as it is uh, as it is going and we're recording. I forgot to punch that up, man. I um, <clears throat> The problem is, so for some reason, the iMac, Google Chrome, does not like – oh, there we go. See, I could get it on my phone. It doesn't like my DirecTV. Um, anytime I go to watch live TV, it doesn't like it. Oh, really? Uh, so, I, so, I, so if I punch up the NBC Bay Area app, I can do that. But then the problem is I'm like eight hours behind you. So then, so then you're like, oh, there's a bomb. And, I, and three pitches later, <laughs> I see the home run. So I have to use my phone and the DirecTV app. And then we're synced up really, really close. So yeah, yeah. that works good. Yeah. So, so did you see uh, Blake Sable throw the ball into center field? I did. And I think they might <clears throat> give him a third base here. I think they're calling time to take a look at this because it looks like maybe Tyro kind of punched him around a little bit while he was at second up. Nope, actually, they're going to no, they, yeah, they, they, they went good. to the pitch. There really wasn't any contact. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. So what is the latest news about Giants baseball here? Well, it's not great, but it's probably better than our worst worry, which is uh, if you saw the game last night, you noticed that Yaz came up lame. And I think the worst fear was a hamstring pull or strain or something that was going to hold him out for a decent stretch of time. And when they looked at it today, it looks like it is a, uh, whatever the lowest grade is for the hamstring, uh, that, that was his injury. So it looks like he won't be out too long. He only went on the 10 day DL and he could possibly be back, uh, sooner than later. So that is good news. They also put Brandon Crawford on the injured list and, you know, you're, you you know you're an old guy when you hit two bombs in, like, back-to-back pitches and only one counted. They called the other one foul. And that is the same game where you have to come out because of some sort of funky injury. So, because yeah. on the old list, and, and he got hurt, too. The, he said if, if this was, like, slow-pitch softball, he could have played because <laughs> couldn't run. 
really? Like that was the problem. Is he just couldn't run. So yeah. a pinch runner for him. Then maybe you know he 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 swings and then there's like a runner on the like five yeah. from him kind of waiting and running. That, What's that, that called? Slosh ball, where you have a keg at second base, <laughs> and then when you get to second, you have to stop and take a drink before you continue on. That's what that's what B Croc could be playing pretty soon, man. Yeah, so uh, he's looks like he's on the ten day as well. So who do the Giants bring up? Uh, well, Brett Wisely is back up with the team. We t- we told you at the beginning of the season he is going to be the guy who's going to be up and down and up and down and up and down all season yeah. long. Uh, and a guy that they got in a trade just recently for Sammy Long by the name of Cal Stevenson. I first noticed Cal Stevenson was on the Giants because of the show, the the MLB <laughs> The Show, and it's because yeah, yeah. I got a card of his, and I was like, who's Cal Stevenson? What in the and world? And then I saw that he came up today. So he came in the trade. I didn't even know that there was a player coming back in the trade. It was future considerations. So he was the future considerations. He's a 26-year-old minor leaguer. He was hitting 350 in Sacramento for the A's. And then, or not in Sacramento. Where where are the A's? Uh, Las Vegas. Las Vegas. And then when he got traded, he's been hitting about 260 for Sacramento. And so so he's he's their, I guess he's their center fielder at this point, because Yaz was their only center fielder with Bryce Johnson on the injured list. Yeah. Quick, quick note on, on the Las Vegas used to be the Las Vegas area 51s. Now they're the Las Vegas uh, pilots, I think. No aviators. Uh, Anyways, I was reading an article being here in Nevada. I subscribed to a couple of newsletters. One of them is the Nevada independent. And they were talking about the A's moving to Vegas and and everybody seems to think the governor, Major League Baseball, everybody seems to think that Las Vegas can handle both Major League team and the Oakland A's and the Las Vegas A's is what they'll be, and the AAA team, the Las Vegas Aviators. If you look at the map of where they want to build that stadium, it is literally five miles from each other. Oh, wow. So, so if you need to call somebody up <laughs> in the middle of a game and that player is playing in another game, they just walk over to the stadium and, and make it in time. So I thought that was interesting that they think that they can handle both AAA and Major League Baseball. It is a tourist town, so it is kind of odd. But anyways, But we'll also I, I read that the A's lease with uh, Oakland ends – like two years before they they'll be able to even possibly get a stadium built. So right. they'll have to play in that park for a couple of years. Right. Yeah. They'll have to work it out somehow. Um, they, they could play San Jose municipal stadium. I mean, they're, they're going to have to find a home uh, for a couple of years. And yeah, they talked about that, but the problem is if they do that, where's the triple a team going to play unless right. they're playing a game in the morning and a game at night. But it could it could be a mess. So I I think they they talked about possibly staying in Oakland at the Coliseum for a couple of years, but I think Oakland's going to have some bad feelings about that. So I don't know if that's going to happen. Yeah, and there's still and this is this is not turned into an A's podcast, but there's still <laughs> a lack of faith that Oakland that that the current owner uh, Fisher and and Dave Caval, who every time I mention. Dave Cavall's name. I have to also mention that I have hung out with Dave Cavall uh, yes, for a few hours. 
uh, he was he was a nice guy, but he trolls the hell out of A's fans, man. <laughs> yeah, he does. Um, <laughs> but there there's talk like that. There's still kind of a lack of faith that these guys can actually get the job done. And you know the 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 idea of them pushing that information out this early, people are like, mm, I'm not so sure about that. You know, you guys, this is part of the playbook. You guys announce plans, and then they never come through. So we'll see what happens there. I, you know, I feel bad for Oakland. Uh, I feel the city of Oakland, though, if you can lose the Raiders and the Warriors can go across the bay and you guys go, you know what? So what? Like, we, we want to work on our city. Like, these sports teams are great, but if they don't really help us, you know, and, and if it's really a one-sided deal here, then so be it. Like, we're going to just do our thing. Yeah. And I kind of I like that. Like, I like that mentality of like, look, the, the Raiders were always looking to, to leave. The A's have been a laughing stock for the last 10 years. Go. Like, we, we'll be fine. Uh, that, that's kind of a power move there. It is. And the ultimate slap in the face would be if, you know, four or five years after the A's moved to Vegas, Oakland was awarded a, an expansion team and built a beautiful ballpark down by the, down by the water and got yeah. a team with an owner who, you know, cares and wants to build a team for Oakland. I mean, he, Oakland, San Francisco rivalry is a really, really awesome, fun rivalry. And to lose that is really going to suck. I mean, the giants are going to have fun heading down to Vegas for some games. I don't know if they're still going to be the rivals because at that point, the A's are going to be, much closer to the Diamondbacks and much closer to the Dodgers and the Angels than they will to San Francisco. It's, uh, you know, from San Francisco, I don't know how long of a drive or, or how far, but here from Reno, it's seven hours. Yeah, it's, I think seven it's, uh, <clears throat> gosh, I, I've done this drive once, but only once, the the Vegas drive. And was it like 10 hours? I don't remember. It's it, got to be it, about 10. Yeah, yeah it, it, it's it's a, but it's a, you know, it's also a 50-minute flight, right, to, to go out there. Right. Exactly. So, and here's the thing about the rivalry. Well, we got to see 49ers Raiders who are in Las Vegas last year. It was pretty hyped. The, yeah. the, the, the Raiders fans... I think are still trying to follow the Vegas Raiders as much as they can. And it was just as fun to beat the Raiders as it ever was to me, man. Cause there's still, oh, yeah. there's still Raiders fans <laughs> who were following this team. You well, know. and Vegas is a destination. I mean, so <clears throat> if you and I were sitting here and the, and the A's moved to, to Vegas and the giants were playing three games in July, you and I might go, Hey, Let's fly down there and meet up and we'll go to three games while we're down there and hang out. It's Vegas. You're going to go to some shows. You're going to get some good food. I mean, it's, it's a fun place to hang out. Still. I will say that there be, it better be an indoor stadium for, to go. In it, July. it has to be. <laughs> we, you know what? We go once a year to Vegas. We've got a little timeshare down there. So we, we swap it around. So we're staying in a different place this time, but we're going for my 50th this year and we're going in July and it's like, you could have days easily in July where it's 115 degrees. Oh, yeah. No problem. Zero wind. It's hot. It's the desert. You're up a little bit still. I mean, you're up about 3,000 feet, 3,500 yeah. feet, but it is hot and there's no shade unless you get the good artificial shade. So everybody wants to hang out inside of the, yeah. um, inside the casino. So, yeah, they have to build an indoor stadium. Yeah. 
All right. So uh, what else is going on with, uh, with Giants baseball here? Well, the week that was, the week that was started out really awesome. Yeah. And the Giants took three out of four <clears throat> from the Cardinals. And it was like, now I know the Cardinals fans will say, yeah, well, we're only off to our worst start in the history of our franchise. Yeah. Uh, I think they're 10 and 19 at this point. But the Giants took three out of four. They were home. Uh, they got a a real nine-inning shutout from Alex Cobb. They they kind of lost the last game of the of the series. Just it just kind of got away from them. But it, it didn't seem like it was that bad of a game until the end. But they played some really good baseball. And I was kind of like, wow, five-game winning streak. What does that feel like? And then they had to go to Mexico City. Yes. And Mexico City was a, 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 was very rough. But we'll save the, the Mexico City talk for, for a second. But just before that, what did you think of that St. Louis series? Did you feel like, huh, they're putting some things together here? Yeah, that was good. Uh, St. Louis came in limping also. They're they're having some really bad defensive problems. Um, they've got some guys that can hit, but they're in a situation that we were last year where it's like, hey, we have these guys that could hit, but they don't have natural positions. Um, so they have to just kind of throw them out there. Tyler O'Neill, um, trying to think of the other kid who played right field, <clears throat> just rough, rough to watch. Um, Wilson Contreras, eh, decent catcher, but not the greatest catcher. Uh, so he has defensive issues. They booted the ball around. They kicked it around. Um, you know, they, again, they were coming in. The fans are angry at the Cardinals right now because they thought this is the Cardinals year. Uh, last year, they kind of, you know, fought and scraped, got into the playoffs. And they thought, well, we built. And then this year, you know, uh, Molina was hurt a lot last year. And then he retired. So they got Contreras. So they thought, well, hey, we can boost this thing up. We have we have hitters. But they have no defense. And that's mm-hmm. kind of the problem. Other than, you know, they've got platinum gold glove winner, or pl- platinum glove winner, Nolan Arenado at third. But he's just not hitting right now. Um, and Goldschmidt's really kind of just starting to come to life. Uh so I thought I thought it was a perfect opportunity for the Giants to get some wins. I didn't think they'd take three out of four. I thought if we could split two two like we did with the Mets, I thought, oh man, that's going to be awesome. Um, we can get out of that. We could show the Mets. We could show the Cardinals that you know we can kind of hang with them. But to take the first three games was fantastic. Uh, then then to lay that gigantic shutout egg. Did they, did they get shut out in the last game? It's like five nothing. Six zero, I believe. Or six six zero. Um, that, that was kind of an ugly way to end it. But but I thought it was a fantastic series. And I thought I thought that was gonna give us some good momentum going into Mexico <laughs> City. And it did for a little bit. I mean, the Giants jumped out to some good leads in, in both of the games, but again, we'll talk about that later. But I thought it was gonna be some nice momentum, but it, it just kind of, you know. At, but at home, at home, you have to win a series. Yeah. And so to beat the Cardinals, I thought that was, that was pretty huge. All right, let's move on to player of the week. All right, player of the week. We put three up there again this week. Uh, oh, man, I had it up and now it's gone. And then and then there it is. Found it again. Um, or did I? No, I didn't. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's going on here. All right, I'm gonna, I'm just going to hop over to our page punch that and then i should get it all right so i put up three players um this week we had you know what 
the player that you and I vote both voted for, we thought should have won. Yeah. So I'm a little disappointed, but we're going to go through it. Lamont Wade Jr. came in third place. Had a nice week of 549 Woba, three home runs, four runs, four RBI. Uh, played some good defense. Played some solid, solid defense at first base. Um, he's kind of starting to heat up a little bit. A guy who can also play the outfield. Um, so I think if if I know they're bringing up Cal Stevenson to kind of take Yaz's spot as a left-handed outfielder, but if you need to stick Wade Jr. out there, you certainly could. You can have another left out left-handed outfielder out there as well. Um, is is this is this the time we start to see Jock at first base? I don't Ooh. know. Maybe. I mean, if we need to load, if we need to load that that lineup with lefties, there's a good possibility. Um, coming in second place, our pick, we both picked him. Alex Cobb, he had two starts this week, uh, one complete game shutout, and that's why we gave it to him. We thought you're, that's a rarity. That's a, a unicorn in this game now, the, the complete game shutout. Um, he did give up 14 hits, uh, or sorry, 13 hits and 14 innings this week, um, three Ernie's, one walk, and 11 strikeouts. It kind of, you know, kind of limited the damage on the base pass. Had a really good start yesterday in Mexico City. Um, ball was flying out of the yard on Saturday, but yesterday he kind of kept it in, started doing a little back tweak. Uh, but, but you know, he did his best, made one mistake pitch. Uh, things like that happen. And they were still in the ball game though, when he left. So, um, but coming into first place, the great Blake Sable. Uh, Superman with those Superman specs, those Clark Kent specs, specs <laughs> that he wears. Uh oh, is that a bomb? Nope. No, it's a foul ball. Corner. All right. Uh, four fifty-two Woba for Sable. Two home runs, five runs, four ribs, a stolen base, and the walk-off home run uh, in the game against the Mets. It split the series. So this week's. Player of the week is the great Blake Sable. He's a guy I was high on from the beginning. I know, I know his defense is eh, but, you know, and especially a catcher, that's going to really kind of uh, show if you're a catcher and you have rough defense. But I think he, I think he's coming around. He's commanding some games. He's doing a good job. So got to give it to Blake. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket. 
now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. Okay, can we talk about that? Was that the was it the opener against the Cardinals? Is that when he hit that the walk off? No, that was against the Mets. That was, no, against, it was against the Mets. It was against Cardinals. Was it against Cardinals? Just against Cardinals. All right. Because the Mets the the Mets ended Sunday night, and I remember oh, because yeah, yeah, yeah. we were kind of chatting, and it was late on one of the weekdays. So what day was this? This you're right. In April twenty sixth. Tuesday. Yeah, so, so that was two. Was that Tuesday? Oh, Wednesday? No. Yeah. Uh, no. 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 Twenty fifth. Twenty fifth. It was. Uh, yeah. Tuesday okay, night. Yeah. Twenty fifth. So this game, Giants are down four to three, and it's one of those games where they had the lead, and this has been kind of the story of the season. They're up two to one, and then we get to the eighth inning, and in the eighth inning, the Cardinals score three runs. So it goes, um, let me see if I can figure out the how they scored. So Carlson singles, uh, then DeJong singles, uh, then Edmund grounds out, and then Tyler O'Neill doubles, two runner score, Goldschmidt singles, another run scores. And I think this was this was like the the laser beam to 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 Lamont or to past Crawford that that scored. So now it's 4-2. Yeah. And so you're, you're going into the ninth inning, and it's just kind of like, well, Hensley is in 4-2. to two. Do we really have a shot? I didn't I didn't think, you know, the only the only thought I had was if they can time this fastball, maybe they could put the ball in the air a little bit. But I didn't think that they were going to score three runs to win this game. So Yastrzemski doubles uh, and and Jock Peterson was on first. I forget. He may have walked or something. Uh, Or no, he hit a laser that like one hopped uh, their their middle, their second baseman, I think. So Jock was on first. Then Yastrzemski hits a drive and it kind of faked Kipe out a little bit because he did one of his, you know, it's a drive like he did. He like it was kind of got like the 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 base and the voice of like, uh oh, and I looked at the outfielder and I was like, OK, this is not a home run, but he doubles and Jock goes all the way from first to home. He's done. He's done that a couple times recently. Uh, so good for him. We, we've been kind of on him about his his uh, training regimen. But hey, man, he's he's able to score first from from first on a double two games. Uh, in the last couple of weeks. So he's he's got to be in some decent shape. So runner on second, and then Tyro pops up, and then Brandon Crawford just n- none chance, like just had no chance. So that leaves it up to Blake Sable. And he was really dialed in. Like, you're kind of thinking like, ah, you know, they did a good job, but the you know the the young rook he's just going to get toyed with here. And I think it was a slider. He was talking about yeah. on the post game how he didn't really get a fastball all game long. So he's like, huh? I wonder if that's the scouting report for me is just to not throw me a fastball. So he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm always looking fastball, but in the back of my mind, I'm like, you know, they're not throwing me fastballs. So Hensley drops the slider and he just puts a boom on this pitch. 
and you and me and I think Brian, we were all up. And within like 10 seconds, all of us were just like, <laughs> OMG, home run. I can't believe it. And it was, you know, it obviously the, 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 it wasn't the same, you know, this is not the NLCS, right? But my mind right. always goes back to Ishikawa, like, you know, Ishikawa's home run. And so you see him rounding third and he throws the helmet and he's <laughs> fired up. And I was like, ah, oh, man, that was what a great moment for him. And oh, they yeah. needed it. Right. Like that was, that's kind of win that, that you could build some momentum off of. So I thought that was just such a fantastic come from behind victory. Yeah, that was a good, you know, three wins in a row. That Because at that, we're thinking, okay, well, we won two in a row. That was fun. Um, or no, wait, that was uh, that was win number four, right? In, in the yeah, they, because they they had they, taken two yeah. from the Mets, the last two from the Mets. Right. They took the Monday game right after we recorded, and this would have been their Tuesday game. Yeah, so I was sitting there thinking, oh, okay, cool. Three wins in a row, cool. I, I mean, that's good, you know, whatever. And then, and then if we lose this one, we come back. We got two more in the series. Um, but, you know, it was, it was amazing, too, because he was just getting beat with that, you know, back foot slider that, that he threw him twice. And so it was 0-2. I think it was 0-2 or 1-2. And then he threw the slider just hung it in the zone and i was like oh that's a mistake pitch but i i honestly when he hit it off the bat i thought maybe triples alley i thought maybe you know our luck this year it's going to be a fantastic catch by the center fielder it's going to be great um but man what an absolute shot and i and i felt so happy for him too because um rule five guy I'm still, I'm really high on the guy. Everybody bashes on him, but his batting average isn't great. But I mean, that raw power, he's got raw power and he's a big dude for a catcher. Um, I'd like to see him play a little bit more outfielder outfield, but the giants just don't have that luxury at catcher right now that they did in spring training in spring training. They had like five catchers battling for two spots. Now they've got, you know, one catcher holding it down in Joey Bart and another kind of catcher as their second guy and Gary Sanchez just get nothing going in triple a right now. So I'd be, I wouldn't be shocked if he doesn't make it up, but I, I, I think at this point I'd, I'd be less surprised if Patrick Bailey makes it to the majors uh, before Gary Sanchez gets back there. Uh, Cause the giants, um, do they promote Bailey? Yeah, he's in triple A. Yeah. So, so they promoted Bailey. So now those two guys are battling that out in, in Sacramento. So you know, it's just gonna be gonna be a fun a fun shot at catcher for for Patrick Bailey, and then at that point you can have Sable play a little bit more outfield, first base, DH, maybe uh, you know whatever you think he can do. But uh, man, what what a what an awesome game for that guy. That that is really the problem here is Blake Sable is a DH, and just, the Giants have seven yeah. of them. Exactly. And and that's a problem. So, so you have to kind of like the Cardinals, you got to find a position for him. Can he play first base? I don't know. I mean, we know he can play a little bit of outfield. He made, he made a, a nice tumbling catch a couple of weeks ago. So he, he can be an outfielder. Um, and right now the giants are hurting in the outfield. So, but, but, but again, they don't have anybody who could be that second catcher right now. So you're kind of stuck and you don't want to rush Bailey. Um, his defense is phenomenal, but you don't want to rush the bat. You want to give him a little bit of time in AAA to see what he can do. He uh, is a switch hitter, though, which, yeah, he you is. know, the Giants like the opportunity, no matter what, to go lefty-righty or righty-lefty. Yeah. 
Okay, question for you. Who yes. makes it to the big squad first between Casey Schmidt, Kyle Harrison, or Patrick Bailey? That, you know, that is probably going to be uh, more out of necessity. It's going to probably be Patrick Bailey. Interesting. And that and again, it's just necessity. That's the that's the position right now. The Giants are absolutely hurting. There's no Austin Wins. There's uh no Roberto Perez. You've got Ricardo Henaves. He's he had a shot at it um last year, came up for a little bit. Uh he was on the taxi squad, I think, this year. So he may get a shot at it again. Gary Sanchez just is not doing anything. He's hitting 164, uh, which again for Gary Sanchez, that wouldn't be shocking. But in 60 at bats, he has no uh, <laughs> or he has no home runs, and and that's what he's known as. Sorry, 55 at bats, Jock, no home runs. By, by the way, Jock just killed the baseball into the right field seats. The Giants Uh-oh. are up two to one. I'm, I'm right behind you. Now I just saw it. Yes, he did. Jesus, <laughs> wow, <laughs> that got out quick. Yeah, that was a that was a Mexico City home yeah, run. There, man. Jeez, <laughs> wow. So when. Uh, Crawford went down. I had a slight wonder if Casey Casey Schmidt would come up because they have had him play a little bit of shortstop, but the some of the scouting I forget who was the scouting report that said, yeah, you know he can play a little bit of shortstop, but really you're you're taking him away from third base is is not the greatest idea because he's so good yeah. there. So, um, yeah. But it, it, you know, that that at least, at least we have some intrigue with three guys who can probably play at the next level. And then if Patrick Bailey comes up, what does that say for for Joe Bart, man? That that's not great for Joe Bart. Hey, you know what? Bailey and Bart, I think, can coexist on the Giants' two um, top picks. I, I think they can coexist. I mean, Bart. <clears throat> The hard again, Bart is a fantastic defensive catcher. He's starting to become a, a better defensive catcher than he has been. Um, the problem is, you, you go to Mexico City, he's got one shot in one game, and you know, strikes out looking, strikes out of the slider, uh, <laughs> just, just has a really, really tough game in, in, a, in a game where uh, all you have to do is get the ball in the air. Yeah. He's got raw power. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of hard to, to see him struggle offensively sometimes. But you never know. You bring up Bailey, and you get those two guys trading off behind the dish, and uh, Bart sees that, and maybe it pushes him a little bit. Uh, so I, I think they can coexist for a year or two at least. Um, I don't I just, think. So I just hope that Patrick Bailey coming up doesn't mean that they all of a sudden try and trade Bart, because that's I kind of like not. a give up on him, and I don't want. I, them I would to give hope- up on him. No, 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 no. I would hope not. I, I would think if they bring up Bailey, it's because they're in a situation where it's like, well, we don't have anybody else and we can't hang with Sable behind the plate anymore, but mm-hmm. we still want him on the roster. Um, I think Sable will stay also, but, but I think if you bring up Bailey, it's because you have to have two catchers who are good defensive catchers. I mean, the Giants said we're going to concentrate on defense we're going to get better on defense this year and so that would be their mo that would be you know backing it up if they had both those guys up so i I would love to see it um 
Bailey only has nine at bats in triple A so far and he's no hits or anything. You know, just hasn't come up with anything yet. A couple of walks, but uh, again, that's right now he's a defensive catcher who can hit and who can be a switch hitter. Um, but, but we just need to see it at the triple A level yeah. first. Yep. All right. Let's talk about our, our new cocktail, the T to C and Brad has mentioned this cocktail before. Um, I'm not going to share it in our in our live uh, live feed here. I may make a video for the YouTube page just to let people know how we do it. Uh, but uh, but go to at Thompson to Clark on our Twitter at BSPN underscore media on Instagram, and you can see the recipe. You can have one with us the next time we do it. And uh, and yeah, it's it's uh, it's very it's it's very spring. It's 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 refreshingly spring. That that's what that's how I feel tasting it. But oh, yeah. here here's what I will say. Because the grapefruit stevia is so good, <laughs> you this is a dangerous one because you can just yes. you get that ice to melt a little bit and it waters down the tequila a little bit and you're you kind of forget that there's tequila in this thing. So just be careful. That would be my suggestion. Yeah, that was the whole thing. So I started doing this probably, I don't know, maybe about two years ago. Um, During the Rams and Bengals Super Bowl, I was trying to stay lighter and something that I can just kind of sip on. Yeah. I had had three of these. (laughs) (laughs) But, But, you know, it took, you know, Super Bowls are like four hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it took me a long time to drink it and get through them. But yeah, I had three. And because um, they're good. I mean, it's a good soda. That, what I really like about the, the there it is, the grapefruit Zevia is that it's grapefruit citrus. Yeah. So it's got, it's got a little lime kick to it. So it's, it's kind of limey margarita-ish mm-hmm. um, before you even add the, the tequila. And the tequila... It's fantastic. Terramana is fantastic. It's it's kind of my new go to tequila. Yeah. Um, and, and and so it's a refresher. I'm a big Jimmy Buffett fan, and I don't drink margaritas because the sugar. I'm yeah, not sugar a, content's really high in a margarita. That'll just put me over the edge. So this sucker with no sugar in it, just nice, crisp and clean. Uh, hot days during the summer. Listen to little Jimmy Buffett out on the porch. And I could uh, I could sink a couple of these. Oh yeah, oh no, yeah, no problem. <laughs> we we had um, for that Super Bowl, we had friends over, and we had mules. Oh, there you go. That was yeah. uh yeah. We, we, yeah, we, when threw, the, when, we threw a few mules back for sure. That when the Rams are in the Super Bowl, <laughs> nobody's allowed to come over. Except for the brother-in-law, who's also a Rams fan. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and if Harveen wants to come up, he's a Rams fan. He can come up, too. If you wanted to come up, that's fine, too, because you know football. But yeah. other than that, and I'm not, like, I'm not going to hate on your team, man. Oh, I don't know. No, but you would still enjoy the game. Yeah, yeah, I mean, sure. you, you know, so. But but I don't, what I don't want is, like, you know, my parents have a Super Bowl party. I didn't go to the Super Bowl party that year because I was <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not going to sit around with a bunch of people you know, when, when the Rams are losing or something happens, yeah. they're all looking at me waiting to see my reaction. <laughs> Absolutely not. It's not happening. <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. Okay, yeah. so let's finish off uh, the show and uh, what we are, are talking about here. So we mentioned Mexico City. I'll put I'll put the uh, the photo of Alyssa <laughs> Nacken back up here. There we go. Uh, 
the knack. It was, it was like watching uh, a high scoring college world series game, which in some ways, if you're a fan of, you know, big flies and home runs. And we, we kind of called it last week. We looked at how big that park was and we looked at the elevation. We're like, this is going to be worse than Colorado. Yeah. And I love the aspect of going out there. Now the 49ers also played in Mexico city this year. So there was some culture there. The giants go there. I, I love that aspect of it where they go in and, and they learn the city and they, and, and all that. I, I don't know if you can have a regular season game there though, unless there's a different place to play because exhibition, like if this was may, maybe the Bay bridge series could happen in, in Mexico city, I'd be totally fine with that. Oh, yeah. But when these games count and the statistics count, it wasn't really, it didn't feel like a, a normal baseball game. And unfortunately for the giants, they lost both of them. I would have said the same thing if the giants won two and the Padres lost those games. It just didn't feel like these games should count because the baseball was so different. The umpires were different. The, Lack of uh, replay was different. The uh, the the Padres were having so many issues, at least on Saturday with the pitch clock. It just felt like an exhibition game, and it was almost unfair to both teams that this game counted. Now, if you hit a jack or two in the game, you're like, oh, I'm glad my stats counted. <laughs> and the Padres won, so yeah, you know, I'm sure that they they'll take those two Ws. But just that game, like the game that we're watching here you know, the Giants are beating Houston two to one. That game feels more like what 2023 baseball feels like. And the Mexico city series felt more like, like a, a college baseball home run fest. Yeah, absolutely. I hated it. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna mince words. I, just, <laughs> I absolutely hate it. I thought it was stupid. I don't think they should be doing that. Uh, you know, what would be cool. And I don't mind. Do an all-star game there. Do the uh-huh. all-star game in Mexico City. You want to see some home runs? Send the sluggers down there for all-star for the all-star break. Have them just mash. That's what they should do. Because again, you want to grow the game. Don't send two teams down there in a regular season game where you know Giants had some pretty good momentum leaving San Francisco going to Mexico City. Um Send all of the stars down there. I yeah. mean, that that's the way to do it. And then everybody gets to see, you know, the big guns, Jordan Alvarez, uh, you know, Fernando Tatis. They get to see the dudes, Aaron Judge. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I don't think they should be doing uh, regular season games like that down there. It's, um, you know, the, a lot of talk was about, well, what about, you know, pitcher stats? And now you go to arbitration and, and you have to look at it. I mean, if, if, if the representatives for the players are smart, they're going to say, well, take out the Mexico City series. Yeah. Do we have another home run? No, I think it was a foul ball. Oh, just foul. Um, Pretty close. Conforto. He had a bad luck AB in the, in the first inning. He had uh, two oh, on and, and whiffed, but yeah. uh, that, that, that was a, that was almost a jock like swing, but he did. It, yeah, it wasn't it was. a laser. It wasn't a laser like jocks was, <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't think, um, you know, if you have a good representative and you're a pitcher and you're going to arbitration, I think, I think your good representative is going to say, yeah, my guy pitched two games in Mexico city at seven, 
7,200 feet. Let's take those stats out of this and let's just look at the other stats. His mm-hmm. ERA is 2.15, but you add those two games in, it's 4.73. <laughs> so t- take that out and let's go with this. And I think the teams would agree too, but still, I, th- I thought it was silly because the travel is tough. I mean, I, I'm at 4,500 feet here in Reno. When we go to Tahoe, it's like 7,000 feet. That adjustment, uh, it takes me a day or two to finally get some sleep, to finally feel good at night, to finally feel good during the day. And that's only like 3,000, you know, 2,500 feet difference. Um, You're talking San Francisco is sea level. And now you're going up 7,200 feet. Those guys had to be just hate in life the first day i can guarantee you that it was it was probably not fun you get headaches you get dry you can't sleep um so anyways thanks manfred don't do it again i know you're doing it again next year colorado and houston uh but please don't send us again (laughs) (laughs) did not enjoy it yeah um so what do we got upcoming so as we've been mentioning houston they're in Houston right now. Giants are up two to one currently in the top of the fourth as we are watching the game. They have uh, and and Houston themselves are you know they're 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 playing a couple games above five hundred. So this is not you know they're not playing like uh, the champs that you, you yeah. would think the champs would play, but they're behind Texas in the AL West, and Texas is is, is slowly putting together a, a pretty good. Uh, opening stretch here 17 and 11 they're plus 72 in the run differential second in the american league only to tampa who is 23 and 6 still jeez wow and, and that's I mean, the you, exact opposite record of the A's. <laughs> <laughs> it is absolutely it is they're six and 23 they got a walk-off yesterday win number six hey uh and if you look at the reason why i think texas's uh run differential is so impressive is because other teams like Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh has a better record. They're 20 and nine in the NL Central, but their run differential is only a plus 48. So you're a plus 72. So you're really stretching out some of these teams and you're, you know, you're scoring a lot, a lot of runs. Uh, and they're second only to Tampa in runs scored in, uh, in all of baseball right now. So in, uh, and in, in, our division still Arizona and and LA both you know their their run differentials no biggie but the Giants are slowly still in the minus they need to kind of even that up here uh, but well, so, yeah go ahead I saw a stat today we are plus five in home runs mm-hmm. so that's home runs hit versus home runs given up you change that and you get a little bit deeper and bigger chasm there. The Giants could have a much better record. That's the problem. They're hitting tons of bombs, but they're yeah. also giving up a lot of home runs. So that's hurting right now. Yeah. So what is their schedule like for the rest of this week? So they have three here in Houston. And then they come home on Friday. They come home against uh Milwaukee. So they have three Friday night, Saturday, uh mid uh early evening game Saturday. So shadows might be tough there. And then a day game on Sunday. And Milwaukee is also having a really good start to the season. They're 18 and 10, just behind Pittsburgh. Uh, and so, you know, they're they're coming in and they're gonna they're gonna be a tough, a tough out for the Giants now. If the Giants can get 
one or two here, uh, and they just got a gift sacrifice that was, bunt that the pitcher that was fumbled. Beautiful, beautiful bunt by Sable. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of popped it up and short hopped <laughs> <Yeah>. the pitcher. <laughs> what are you talking about? It was perfectly placed. <laughs> I had one of those in uh, in the show today. Uh, I'll tell Did you. Did you really? Line. Yeah, it was rough. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, Milwaukee's going to come into town and they're playing good baseball. So the Giants, you know, they have their work cut out for them. They're not playing the Cardinals this week, right? The Cardinals kind of came right. in at the perfect time to to play the Giants. And and so uh, they're going to have to play well to beat two. You know, if, if they, they have six games this week, to go three and three, I think is favorable. To win four out of the six, that means you're playing really good baseball against two pretty good teams. Yeah, it's... Um... You just have to shake off Mexico City. That's that's pretty much what you have to do. Winning this game tonight in Houston, they're you know they got a good shot. Two runners on, two one lead in the fourth. Um, if they can win this game tonight, you kind of gather a little bit of momentum back because um, who do, who do we have going? So we have Stripling today. Um, I'll find it. You keep. Talking. Yeah, I think I think Webb is throwing in the third game. Um, but, but anyway, I, I think the giants have a good chance to actually win this series. In Desclafani is tomorrow. That's right. Desclafani and then, and then Webby, um, Altuve is still out. He's going to be out this series for sure. He doesn't come back till June. Uh, so they have a chance. I mean, the, the one time you see the Houston, the Houston Astros this year, it's without Altuve. Um, Jordan is kind of limping around too, a little bit. Um, so, you know, the Giants have, uh, have a chance to do some damage, uh, and, and win a series here. Um, so yeah, it's going to be an interesting week. Uh, you say they come home for Milwaukee, correct? Yes. They're home for Milwaukee. Yeah. So that's good. Uh, that's good again, because you took three out of four from, from St. Louis before you left home to go to, to, uh, to Mexico city. So, you know, home, home is kind of a fun place to play right now. If you can, if you can get more than 25,000 fans that's, <laughs> and look, that's they, gotta change, yeah. you know, they, they winning those three out of four from the Cardinals means that they are playing 500 baseball at home, which yep. is better. Like they started off the season, you know, losing some weird games. And, you know, that was also Mexico city where they take a lead and the bullpen just can't hack it. I just wanted to, you know, before we end it, because we, we got through a lot of stuff in, in not a lot of time. I read uh, Jeff Young, a friend of the show, Jeff Young, who was on the show last year. He was our guy who once the once the lockout ended, we was like, hey, Jeff, you want to come on and let's let's talk about all the stuff that's going to happen. So Jeff Young had a comment yesterday saying the Giants have too many guys in the bullpen who are just sort of middle to long guys. And yeah. so what happens is, is any time that the score is close, they have to bring in who should be their, their late inning guys. But because they have all these middle and, and long relievers on the team, the, the late inning guys are actually pitching earlier in the game. And so they can't get, they can't get to Doval in the ninth. They're getting to Doval in the eighth. Uh, right. You know, T- Taylor Rogers ha- hasn't, hasn't been great. I think they expected him to be possibly an eighth inning guy. His brother also could be uh, an eighth inning guy, but you're having to see Duvall come in in the eighth inning. Now two games, uh, at least that I've seen. So what do you think about Jeff's comments about kind of the bullpen? Cause they're, they're, they're like, you know, we were talking about how 
if you have seven starting pitchers, do you really have like, you know, a good staff? Can you have a good staff if you have seven starters? But by having seven starters, you probably have a lack of late inning relievers. Like you can't have both, right? You can't have both, right. you know, the, the, this, the, this great back end of the bullpen. If you have these long guys who you're counting on to help the starting staff. Yeah. And, and I saw comments um, earlier uh, than that last week that talked about, well, we've got Cole Waits in AAA and we've got, you know, uh, other guys, RJ Dabovich, um, you know, I'm just looking at some of the names that people had, had, had mentioned. The problem is Cole Waits was one of those guys that last year was, it was an awesome sensation late in the season. Cool revelation came out of nowhere, um, was pitching awesome. He was a draft pick that, that made it up to the majors. He's pitched in nine and two third thirds innings this uh, season, and he's walked 12 mm. in nine and two thirds innings, given up 11 hits, walked 12, and has given up 10 runs and only struck out 10. His ERA is 9.31. I don't think you want to bring him up and have it trust him with the seventh yeah. inning at this point. Um, another guy like Dabovich, he's pitched in two and two thirds innings, he's walked six given up three hits, six runs, a 20.25 ERA. So like you said, it's it's right now it's the lack of late inning relievers. Luke Jackson is a guy that the Giants signed for a couple of seasons, but he is coming off of Tommy John. He's starting to throw. He's going to be a guy who's going to be ready down the line. I think the Giants are going to be better off with a wealth of late inning fireball re- relievers mid to late of the season. So right now they're just kind of getting by with what they have. And I totally understand it because you got Taylor, you got, you know, Taylor and Tyler Rogers. Um, and, and then you've got Brebbia and you've got Duvall. I mean, that's four. So you, you could really use those guys to bridge somewhere the seventh, eighth and ninth or the eighth and ninth. But the problem is, Sean Jelly, Jacob Junis, they're hitting hiccups too. So if you're using those guys to get you from the fifth to the seventh, a lot of times you get into a jam around the sixth inning and you're like, if I don't stop the bleeding now, if Kapler says, I don't stop the bleeding now, I'm going to have a hard time even getting to Duvall in the ninth because yeah. we won't have the lead anymore. So, so I think there's just, you know, there's just bad luck going on all around uh, at, at this time of the season. Um, you know, the guys don't really, they don't have triple a players to turn to right now. Um, they're, they're going to have to start looking waiver wire or trades or something else down the line. I, I think if the giants could pick up maybe just one more hard throwing reliever, um, maybe a lefty, like a Mac cheese type of guy, uh, Jake McGee, uh, what's Mac know, cheese giants, doing by right? Now? He retired. He oh, come retired. on. Yeah, come, I know. Come He's, back. He's out of the league, man. Um, but, it, you know, if the Giants could find a guy like that and make a trade to get a lefty in, in the bullpen later, I think they're going to be in a better situation. And we'll see what they do here because Stripling, what is he at? Uh, 47, 47 pitches, pitches, not even through four innings yet. So, I mean, he's cruising along. Can can we get him to the seventh? Yeah, you can get him to the seventh. And if you have a Yeah, lead. at the very least the sixth if he's still throwing this well. He's, he's throwing pretty yeah. well today. That's the ideal. That's the old school ideal situation. The Giants just cannot get their relievers 
without throwing 80 pitches in four innings. I, yeah. They're just kind of having a tough time with that right now. Yeah. Uh, all right. We're going to be checking this game out. Currently, Giants up 2-1 in the bottom of the fourth. Uh, cross your fingers. And for those of you who are listening on the podcast version, you're like, why are these guys even talking about this game? <laughs> this game's been over for 10 hours. Well, What's that's why you got to listen to us <laughs> and watch us live. <laughs> you got to uh, hang with us during the games, man. So, uh, like I mentioned, show 150. And for, you know, this show started in during the pandemic of, of all it times. It did, yeah. To start, a lot of podcasts did start at the, in, during the pandemic, though. Uh, so here's to a, another 150. Let, hey, let's keep doing this. Cheers. Let's keep doing it. Let's keep having fun with this. Win, win or lose, keep talking Giants baseball. So for Brad, I am Double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out. Peace. This is Jonathan Macri from the Knicks Film School Podcast. In case you didn't know, the show you are listening to right now, as well as my show, is part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Blue Wire was founded in 2018 on the concept that independent podcasts would be more successful if they worked together. Today, Blue Wire has grown to feature 300 shows led by former athletes, media professionals, and passionate fans. Over the past few years, Blue Wire has privately raised over $10 million to expand their team, podcast network, and business operations. Now, they are raising another round on WeFunder. WeFunder is a crowdfunding service that connects startups with investors. It's a cool platform that gives everyone the opportunity to be part of a growing startup. You could invest for as little as $100. In other words, you don't have to be a millionaire to invest in cool companies on WeFunder. Blue Wire is raising money to expand their sales team and improve operations, which in turn will help this show continue to grow. If you would like to be a part of the Blue Wire investment round or want to find out more information, go to WeFunder.com backslash blue wire bet mgm has an unreal deal for sports fans in virginia turn five dollars into 150 dollars instantly when you place your first wager at bet mgm simply download the bet mgm app and sign up using code champion 150 then place a five dollar wager on any sport you'll receive 150 dollars in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome and if you think the fun stops there the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store check out daily promotions same game parlays live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.